You're listening to The Word of Hope, sermons preached at Hope Lutheran Church in Aurora, Colorado. Today's sermon is by Pastor Dean Bernke. Grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father, Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The base for our sermon this morning comes to us from the 18th chapter of St. Luke's Gospel, verses 1 through 8. And Jesus told them a parable to the effect that they ought to always to pray and not lose heart. He said, In a certain city there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected men. And there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him and saying, Give me justice against my adversary. For a while he refused, but afterward he said to himself, Though I neither fear God nor respect men, Yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice so that she will not beat me down by her continual coming. The Lord said, hear what the unjust judge says. And will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes... Will he find faith on earth? Please be seated. As you're listening to the text being read, you may be tempted to think that the parable that Jesus tells in that part of Luke 18 is simple. It's about prayer, praying continually. Sure, I get it. You say, praying is important. Next. And you're correct. Luke points out that Jesus does tell this parable. It says, to the fact that we ought always to pray and not lose heart. But this little parable is a little bit more intriguing than that, for example. It sort of fascinates me, the way this reading ends. It ends by Jesus telling us that God will answer the prayers of his elect speedily, it says. But then he turns around and he asks, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? Now, there are what we call rhetorical questions that are tacked onto a speech for comedic effect that everyone knows the answer to. So they're making a point in a rather humorous way or an obvious way or being sarcastic. And so these questions are therefore humorous. But this question does not come across that way. I don't think when Jesus is asking that question that he's joking. Now there are some rhetorical questions that are made, are there to make you think, to ponder. And the speaker's not leading you to an obvious answer. Nor is he going to answer it himself. It's what could be called a live question. And this strikes me as one of those times. Will the Son of Man find faith on earth? So I tell you this morning to treat this as a live question before you simply answer along the lines of, Yes, of course there will be faith 
After all, I attend a conservative Lutheran church, and here is my fine, faithful Jesus. But you know, Jesus knows about conservative Christians. And he still asks the question. And before you answer that way, notice that Jesus is linking this question not to a quiz about doctrine, but about prayer. And I think also in some way about what we pray. Because I think a good follow-up question to that introduction about praying, not losing heart is, pray about what? Just anything? I think we might be inclined, knowing this parable is about prayer, to move on and think ourselves, sure, Jesus, you know, I pray for all kinds of stuff. I pray for better health, good fortune, good grades. I pray for my country. I pray for my family. I pray for my friends. I pray for people that have various problems in life. And I'm not knocking these kinds of prayers. They're good prayers. And we should be praying for others, for our country, and so forth. I'd like to point out that's not, that's not what this woman is praying for in this parable. She's not, <clears throat> pardon me, not praying about a bum hip that's giving her trouble. She's not praying for sunny weather so she can have a great vacation. No, this little old widow is praying for vengeance. That's rather intriguing, I think. Sometimes a translation gets softened that she is here merely talking about or asking for justice or vindication, but the word is almost always elsewhere translated as vengeance. This little old lady wants this judge to get her adversary. She wants something done to that man. Give me justice. Give me vengeance against my adversary. And so if her case was really cut and dried, if she were simply looking for a fair trial, surely she wouldn't go to, as it says, an unjust judge. No, you track down shady characters when you're done fighting fair. And so she goes to the crooked judge who doesn't give much of a lick about anyone or anything, even God himself. He's a rogue judge, probably on the take, in for himself. He doesn't face an electorate. He can't be removed from office because he's unpopular. But his life has been made unpleasant by this widow. She badgers him because she knows that he can make things right, unpleasant things by the sound of it. And sort of like a dripping faucet, she keeps pestering him. Give me vengeance. Help me. That was her annoying, irritating, constant screech in the life of this person who had the power to make things right. And then the judge finally has had enough of this woman. He gives her justice, mainly because he wanted to get rid of her. He wanted her to stop bothering him. Avenge me, 
is her prayer. If you think of all the things that Jesus could have chosen, this is the prayer that Jesus holds before us as an example. And so I think it's fair to ask, do you pray like that? If we don't, well, what was that live question again? How does Jesus ask that question at the end? Will the Son of Man find faith on earth? And I know this prayer is prayed in heaven because Revelation 6.10 records the souls of those saints calling out to God thusly, O sovereign Lord, holy and true, how long before you will judge and avenge our blood on those who dwell on earth? But Jesus' prayer does, was not about heaven. It was about faith on earth. And I think it's a good question in regard to our prayers because I think one of the things he's getting at is that our prayers are all too often half-hearted. That we often pray in ways that will accommodate us to our world. Our prayers are often dealing with a fallen world and our offerings and, and in a way that wants to make them manageable. And so if you can't be in charge and if you can't be on top, then we want to be comfortably numb. And if we are, then the world, well, the world can just keep on going the way it is. Jesus tells a story about a woman who prays like she's had it. She's had it with the way things are going. She's done praying nice. She prays like that judge can do something drastic to her enemy, and she will not let up until he does. Her prayer is not that he would fix things. But our prayer is that he would put an end to what opposes her. Now, a couple of months back in one of the sermon texts, Jesus said, if anyone comes to me and does not hate even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Maybe we read that and we or hear it and we think hyperbole that Jesus is just overdoing it for effect. But the other option might be, we're not taking him seriously enough. Let me ask, are you comfortable with your life? Have you made peace, <clears throat> pardon me, with the way the world is today? Is everything fine for you as long as you have a lazy boy and you've paid the cable bill? Because if it is, if it is, then why do we call out for Jesus to come? Why do we call out for Jesus to do something drastic? Why pin your hopes on the coming bridegroom if you've got bread and circuses to occupy your time? Why would you look forward to Judgment Day if you really aren't all that bothered about what's going on today? 
fear and love God. If you don't rather fear and love God, <clears throat> if you don't want him around, if you don't respect man, love your neighbor, well, that's the description of someone who's unjust, unrighteous, and that's, well, that's not exactly a compliment, is it? There's someone in a parable like that but he's not the one Jesus calls you to emulate. The guy doesn't ask for much other than that that woman would stop bothering him. But on the other hand, if you recognize the current situations in which you find yourself, find your family in, find your country in, find your world in, if you find those unacceptable, then pray. But pray that God would do something drastic. Not half measures. Pray that he would end the whole thing. Pray as if you actually want Jesus to come back. That's faith. That's looking to God as if you wanted him, as if you desired his presence. But I warn you, that praying is dangerous. It's faithful. And when faith is strong, the adversary takes you more seriously. That little old widow had attracted the attention of someone, and so do all the faithful. Indeed, St. Paul writes, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Nevertheless, it's a good way to pray. And know that you pray not to some unjust judge, but you pray to your heavenly Father. You've got connections. Work them. God doesn't fear God because he is God. And he doesn't respect men because he loves his children, the ones he's chosen and cleansed by the rather drastic action of Christ's death and resurrection. It is he who has conquered your adversary, the devil. And he comes to right everything else soon. Amen. And now may the peace of God which surpass all human understanding guard your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to The Word of Hope. We hope your time with us was filled with joy and peace in hearing the Lord's Word. If you have questions or would like more information about Hope Lutheran Church, please visit our website at www.hopeaurora.org. Send an email to office at hopeaurora.org or call us at 303-364-7416. This has been The Word of Hope.